0: Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. This is our Love Africa Sunday. You've probably seen these cards out there. Some of you are giving on a regular basis. I encourage you to do that. In this calendar year, by January 1st, we're believing God for $100,000 dollars. It's going to two major ministries in Kenya that we are associated with. The Glassboro's Lead, the Kenyan Children's Project, which takes kids off the street, gets them healed up, cleaned up, and back into either their own family or other families that are healthy and getting them established in a safe place, giving them training, education. It's an amazing, amazing ministry. In fact, we're gonna have a video up here in just a minute, but look right here, this is how you can get involved. You can do a text to give, you can also put it in the basket or the box by the door. If you wanna just address, you know, with a check or cash or whatever and just put on there, uh, Love Africa, we'll know where it goes. Right there at the bottom, Bethel Church, right? Love Africa. In the memo. Also, the other part of that is hydrating humanity. We have dug now almost 700 wells in Kenya by contract with the government that we had. We have only about 60 more wells to dig in Kenya. And we'll have, a, in this particular province we're ministering in, we will have put a well in every public school in Kenya in that region. Uh, in the lifetime of this uh, this ministry. So we're excited about it. Well over 700 wells have been dug now and we're digging them at the pace of about well, one a week or something like that. So check this out. We got stuff out the table. You can get the wristbands, all kinds of ways that you can remember, fridge mags, whatever you wanna use to remind you. So in just a moment, we're taking up that offering. I'm gonna pray over. As we pray, you can give this way or uh, any of the traditional ways that, that you've uh, given for Love Africa. So we need to be bringing in about $10,000 a month. So those of you who have money laying around, you don't know what to do. Africa's an amazing... <laughs> I don't know if that applies to anybody, but anyway, uh, you can put it toward this. It's going to go 100% toward helping children in Africa. So let's all stand just for a moment. I know you've been up and down, up and down, but that's good. It's calisthenics. It's healing for the heart. So we just, uh, there's a brief video. I think it's about 90 seconds long after this, right? There's two videos? Two minutes, okay. (laughs) Two minutes long. Let's pray. Lord, bless this moment, Lord God. We pray for Africa. Lord, we know it's been just ravaged by COVID and then so many other things that are going on that are traditionally a part of Africa's history, the violence and the pain and everything else. Lord, we speak right now, Lord, through the dollars that we send these dollars like soldiers, like spiritual soldiers into another place that will bring peace, not violence, but bring peace, Lord. We, I know, Lord, the, the world tries to do what they can for various places of of difficulty but Lord your spirit your kingdom can invade a country and turn it upside down we ask now Lord through our gift that you will visit the nation of Kenya in Jesus name amen you may be seeing it here's the video
1: to the one because that moment changed my life when the epilepsy stopped and all of those kind of sicknesses left. It was because one person heard from the Holy Spirit and I think for me, if I can do that for just one, like that one being Rogers, even though we've t- God's touched thousands through the ministry, that one makes a difference. Even the Victor who we met on the streets, he's now at the, the, the best um, school, private school in Nairobi. We got him a scholarship, but we met him high on glue. Mark, like in the middle of nowhere, and you just like that one will change a nation. His his dream is to be president, and I'm like, come on, Victor, you can do all things. I'm like, honestly, of course you can. That's his dream.
0: Make it so, Lord. I
1: know, and you, and you think, and he he then messages, and we think all those times we we spoke to them about the Bible, we read the Bible with them, and and we we soaked them, and we worshipped, and we did kids' church. All those times, like, what's it for? And then he messages. Messages Stu last week saying, Bubba Stu, my church in Nairobi asked me to preach. He's 19. My church in Nairobi asked me oh, to no. preach, and I remember what you said, and I taught what you taught me. Is this ministry point okay? And I'm like, that's why it matters. Because one little person, one person that says yes, they're, they're gonna be the world changers and they're gonna they're gonna carry on the work of the Holy Spirit uh, when we're well and truly God. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: That's Kenya Children's Project. That was Chloe Glassboro. And the reason I look drunk in the upright corner is because I was. It was like the Holy Spirit was really strong. I, I wept through most of that conversation we had a couple weeks ago on Zoom as she shared the stories, that little guy that she talked about that they got off the streets and he wants to be president. They, they trained him, equipped him. They actually were able to get him into an elite school in Kenya and he's being trained in like worldwide political something or other. He's going for president. He's only like 19 or 20 years old, but he's going for it. We're excited to see that our dollars, our effort, our blood, sweat, and tears going in to help him. That, that young man could change an entire part of Africa and maybe the world in the days ahead. So that's what we're sowing into. Thank you for your gifts. Hey, turn with me if you could to first Thessalonians 5. I'm making a little diversion today from my usual prophetic church. That I've been preaching on, all this kind of is tangential to it in some ways, but I want to talk a little bit about joy uh, today. Uh, this is a, a celebration day. This is Independence Day. I mean, if any time of the year, you should be thankful that you live in America. I've been blessed to go over, go to dozens of nations around the world, and every time I get home, I'm not, I'm not upset about getting home. I enjoy going to other countries, but. When I get home, I've got to say, America is something very special. You know, in a lot of countries in the world, uh, most people don't realize this, there's not much diversity. You know, it's really not. You think about even some of the Asian countries, there's, there's not much diversity there. America is a true melting pot of the world. I mean, we were in a store, uh, I was in Walmart yesterday here in Strongsville, I probably heard five different languages and then another language that I think I understood that was not good, but anyway, there was, um, <laughs> was five different languages going on there and I thought, it's the world in Strongsville. <laughs> it's the world in Brunswick. I mean, we just miss that, that there's people here from all over the world and I, for one, am very proud of America. I love the United States. I lived, I lived in another country, a great country for 10 years in Canada. Many people think it's really the United States, just a little farther north, but it's not. And they'd be offended if I said that, and they're watching right now. So, uh, Canada is a different country, and it's an amazing country. But I, you know, again, living there 10 years, I come back home. I just love America. I love, I love all the new. I love the craziness of America. I love, I love the food that we have that we should not eat. I love that. You know, I just. I just walked down the street in Chagrin Falls the other day and just, you know, there's donut shops. There's, there's Jenny's ice cream, you know, which I'm sure you all love. and I mean, Cleveland has been birthplace to Jenny's and, and Mitchell's and Honey Hut. I mean, really, this has got to be the greatest place in the world. Forget the United States. Cleveland is amazing. So today we celebrate the independence that we got. And for those, I know there's a lot of uh, uh, Hate America stuff going on right now. I am not in that crowd. This church is not in that crowd. I mean, you don't. (laughs) Let me just say this. You don't tell someone on their birthday, well, but you do have problems. Happy birthday. I'm glad you're my friend, but you know you're not perfect. I have people actually tell me that all the time. Well, I don't want you to get a big head. When they say that, I say, don't tell me what you're about to say, because I don't want a big head. If it's encouragement, I'm not gonna get a big head. I'm gonna get a big heart. So don't say what you're gonna, no, 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 no. I mean, I say this stuff to people, no, no, I just, you know, I just, well, I don't know why I said that, you know? Well, you say it because it's a cultural colloquialism, you know, I want you to get a big head. How about let's just start saying, I want you to get a big heart. So let me speak this into your heart right now. And so into America, is there problems? This is her birthday. Let's not talk about that. They can talk about that tomorrow. I love America. In my mind right now in this moment, it's like almost perfect. Tomorrow I'll come back to reality and go, well, we've got a lot of problems here we need to work on. But right now we celebrate the day that men and women Paid a dear price. I mean, you gotta think about history. I can't get into this, I got a message I want to speak, but man, you gotta think about American history and you gotta think about the the pressure from loyalists in America that were British. And and the British seed that was in a lot of the founders of this country. They were moving against all that they ever knew to produce something that seemed impossible having no idea that it would eventually be five times what they were actually trying to claim, the first 13 colonies, that it would be way bigger than that in land mass. And in one day, they would actually almost triple the, the land mass in the United States through the Louisiana Purchase from, from France because, for, for $20 million. Let's just ask you, would you buy west of the Mississippi to California for $20 million? That was a good deal. We got Alaska a little bit cheaper, and it's like uh, one-fourth of the size of the United States. I mean, it's amazing what's happened throughout this country as it has expanded and grown. Are there problems? Yes, they are, and we'll deal with those tomorrow. So open your Bibles right now to 1 Thessalonians 5. Well, I could really get off track on that, but I'm not going to. I love America, and I love the fact that that it's uh, been willing to shed blood for freedom, and been willing to shed blood for freedom for others uh, that were bound in slavery. And I know the Civil War was not all just about slavery, that Lincoln really wanted to hold the union together. That's why he went to war. But a subset of that was the deliverance, the Emancipation Proclamation. And so we got a country that's fought for this. And are we still fighting for it? Yeah, we are. Uh, but we've got to remember that there's been a lot of people for the past 150 to 250, 250 years that have really fought to make this nation possible. And please go home today as you're eating your cheeseburger and, or your wings or whatever and remember that America is an amazing nation and really sets in many ways as a spiritual, and I say this, I'm not getting nationalistic on it. I want to say it's a spiritual guardian for the world. It really has been. Uh, it, it is protected. It is protected many parts of the world that uh, maybe didn't even deserve protection. It has gone to the weak of the weakest, whether our motives were right or wrong. This is their birthday, so we're not going to talk about that. But uh, we have, for the most part, desired to do what is right for the world. And you know what? There's, there's not many nations like that. And I love America from Maine to California. And last week, I went to Montana completing uh, the 48 uh, continental U.S. Uh, Uh, United States that I've been to, I still need to go to Alaska and Hawaii, but hey, I've been to all the states, and you know what, there's bragging rights in every state, even little Rhode Island, they can say they're the smallest state in the United (laughs) States, so beauty is everywhere in the United States, and it's stunning good, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 through 18, a very short passage, because I somehow intuitively knew I wouldn't have a lot of time today. It says this, look at verse 16. I love this, coming from the Apostle Paul. He says, rejoice always. Everyone say this with me. Rejoice always. Let's do it one more time with enthusiasm. Rejoice always. How often? Always. What do you do? <laughs> I could do that all day. Rejoice always. Like If you don't know what the will of God is, Rejoice. See, some of us go, well, I don't know if that's the will of God. (laughs) Did you know there's a lot of things in Scripture that tell you what the will of God is? You do not have to wait on it a lot. Uh, I mean, I'm my customized personal will of God for my life. I get that. I get that. But there's always stuff you can do. And the number one thing is, is to learn how to rejoice. In other words, it's a repackaged joy. It's saying, you know what, even despite the circumstances I'm facing, I'm going to rejoice. <laughs> you know, joice, the word for rejoice is a mixture of, of grace and joy. It's like a, a joyous grace. It's a grace for joy. It's a sense of like, in fact, at the root of it is where we get our word charis, charisma, gifts, all of that comes out of this, this core word here of the rejoicing of the Lord. It's rejoicing in the Lord. We've lost a lot of it nowadays, particularly after the pandemic, and even in our worship. That's why I love this thing we did up here in the front. I want to do way more of this stuff. I love Holy Spirit corporate activations. And I appreciate online that you can get this, but if you're physically able, you need to be here on Sunday morning, because not too long from now, there won't be any seats for you, I'm just telling you. Today is a pretty good crowd here. So if you're, if you're out there in internet land watching this right now, there's something powerful of resisting social distancing. Yeah. It was a bit tight up here this morning. But you know, we are rejoicing in the Lord and the feeling of the river coming over the tops of our heads. What a joyful thing. What, what, I don't know about you, but I grabbed some miracles out of that uh, river that was flowing this morning and I hope you did, you did too. Computer got bored with me and went off. So, uh, so 1 Thessalonians says this in chapter five, verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, okay? Wait, 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 Paul. Paul, we, we pray always and then we rejoice always? We pray and rejoice always? kind of a rhythm in his spiritual understanding and the intentions of heaven that there's always somewhere down there it's a scratch and sniff situation it's a little bit and like I feel the joy of the Lord I came in here today not having the joy of the Lord I was I was digging for it but it wasn't quite there yet and I, and and during worship I mean it just kind of it's like I got consumed by the river it's like the river, if the river has hands, it reaches out and grabs some people and pulls them in. It's all good. It's all good. He is our life fest. He will take you down on the ride of your life. So rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. There's a rhythm to this, Jay. Rejoice, always pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks in everything, always without ceasing in everything, always without ceasing. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Whoa! I forget that all the time. But today I remembered, rejoice in the Lord. Always rejoice in the Lord Always rejoice in the Lord. Always, it's always right there. It's bubbling up, whether you're at work sitting in a little cubicle or whether you're driving a truck or whatever it is you might be doing or a greeter at Walmart. There's something inside of you that's always there. And this, this brings back the little saying that we have in our movement. I really don't know where it originated. I've heard it from a number of different people, but we're either thermostats or we're Thermometers. A thermometer can tell you the temperature of the room. That's not bad. That's that's good. There are spiritual discerners that say things. My son is one of them, Josh. You put him in a room with someone, he can immediately discern the scenario and the situation. He's got an amazing spiritual thermostat. You know, and I'm fairly good at that. I can move into a crowd of people and tell if this is an angry crowd or a good crowd or or if a person is a Christian, when I talk with people about, are you AJF, are you a Jesus follower? I can usually sense whether I'm ministering to a Christian or a non-Christian. And they may be confused in their faith, and it's part of what God has me there. So thermometers are not bad. But the thermostat doesn't tell you what the temperature, or it may tell you what the temperature is. It determines the temperature. So one is more passive understanding, and one is more directive Insert is subversive in some ways to come into a room where everyone is sad or everyone is angry and dismantle that. Our hug lady, Kim Snyder, has that gift. She goes into prisons and changes the temperature. (laughs) Yeah, you imagine that? That's a gift from the Lord. Not just to go in and say, oh, it's about 80 degrees here. I'd like to cool it down just a little bit. That's thermos uh, Thermometer thermostat goes, okay, it's a little warm in here. I'm gonna cool it down. The power of God to change atmospheres is upon this church. It's anointing upon this church. It started way back. In fact, the whole joy thing, you know, we, I'll throw out a few scriptures here and there, but the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. In other words, if you don't have joy, and you know, what do you think the number one enemy is to joy? There's about three or four of them. You know what the number one enemy to joy is? Religion. (laughs) Religion. Religion can cause you to think that Jesus isn't like that. Jesus isn't happy. Jesus doesn't want to joke around. Well, I can tell you a fact. Three years ago, when the Holy Spirit showed up in my room, my bedroom, at 5.30 in the morning and brought his atmosphere with him, and I had a witness, my wife, who was there, And the waves of the Holy Spirit that hit us five times where we laughed uncontrollably and we had nothing to laugh about. (laughs) Nothing. It's 5.30 in the morning. I just had a dream and I woke up laughing because the Holy Spirit had visited me with a dream dream about a golf ball. That's all it took. And waves of it, I can tell you from that moment, it was like a condensed heaven uh, shaped into my bedroom. And the power of God was so strong in that, but it was strong in joy that was overwhelming. It was as if heaven was giddy. I don't even use that word very often, but it was. I mean, the atmosphere was just like, it was like different than what I think it is. The religious part of my heart is like, you know, I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, and I'll enter in his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. See, we all have that in us, especially if we're in a bad mood. The little religious meter goes a little bit more toward the religion side. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the joy of the Lord changes atmospheres. What if you could go into an environment and bring the joy of the Lord. What will happen to that environment? It will shift. And so I was meditating on that. I was thinking about my, you're going to hear a few sermons about rivers in Montana over the next couple of weeks because of my trip last week. But, you know, Josh, in the last minute, my son Josh was uh, able to go. So he went with me. There was with 18 pastors and and business leaders, uh, nonprofits, and got getting the guys free of charge, all you had to do is get there and they pay for four days of, of uh, uh, fishing in, a, in a, the Little, little Bighorn area, the Little Horn River, and uh, you know going after trout and bass and just a lot of fun and learning how to fly fish. I didn't know how to fly fish. I do now. I thought about bringing one and throwing it into the crowd, but I didn't know if that <laughs> might be some lawsuits from that, so I didn't do that. But uh, while I was there, I was amazed on a couple uh, of, of things. This last state, continental US state that I was going to. So it was a bucket list item, I was excited about it. Showed up there, it was everything I thought it would be. I mean, I've seen pictures of it, but just it was flat as can be with mountains everywhere. <laughs> you know, and, it's, uh, and we run a, a Native American uh, reservation there. Uh, I think they have like a half a million acres, the, this uh, reservation and it dropped you right back into the old west, you know, it was just kind of an amazing, we had a beautiful lodge-like house that we were in, and a big fireplace, it was up on a hill overlooking a valley with horses, I mean, it was just, it was really amazing, you know, so we get on the river, and on the river, uh, by the way, it was almost 100 degrees, the week before it had been 107 for three days, and uh, it was brutal, I mean, it it was hot, but I had got the right gear before I went there, and so I got out on the river, and the, we start on the river right below the dam. And th- there's this lake there that is 71 miles long, and it's full of fish. And it opens up the gates of the dam and fills this river. And of course, there's amazing fishing opportunities in this river, but here's the point I wanted to make. When you get up near the dam and they launch your boat into the water, I mean, it's a, it's, let's just call it 100 degrees, it was hot. And you say, yeah, but it was dry heat. Do you know dry heat is still 107 degrees? It's moist heat that goes from 107 to 120, but it's still hot. It's like an oven, and so you're there in this oven, and what I noticed was as my guide is you know, no boat, no motors are allowed on the river, uh, and so you're, you got a, a guide who's paddling. He's got these oars, and he's... He's, paddling, he's fighting the river. He's getting you in position. He's telling you where to throw. He's telling you what to do, how to stand, where to be, all that stuff while he's navigating this boat. It was pretty amazing. They're all 18, 19, and 20-year-old kids, really, and they're, they're navigating it, you know, and, and so we get a little bit away from the dam, probably about 50 feet, 100 feet away from the dam, and this cool Canadian breeze came and hit us in the boat. I mean, it was shivering. Kind of weird, it was 100 degrees out, but it was a shivering kind of breeze like, whoa, what was that? I thought a storm was coming. He says, no. He says the, the dam pours the water out from the bottom part of the lake, and the lake is up to 800 feet deep. He said the water is really cold down there, like in the 50s. And he says when that comes out of the dam and the wind hits it, it picks up that coolness and brings it Now, when I was there, you know, I get experience. Spiritual experiences out of everything. So when that cool hit, I was like, wow, that's the refreshing wind of the Holy Spirit. I love that. And so even when we went downriver, you know, it was less and less downriver because the water starts warming up as it gets downriver. But about, we were probably about four or five hundred feet down the river. From the dam, and sure enough, a breeze came over the field and came across that river, picked up the coolness and brought it. And over and over again, Josh and I'd look at one another, just like, "Whoa, that was. That was refreshing, you know? And it reminded me of this, and it's why I'm talking about this right now that there are things you need to do to position yourself in a place of joy. So this guy knew, in fact, one time we went all the way back up the river. Fortunately, he did all the paddling. We went all the way back up the river to that cool spot again to experience that because that's where the fish like hanging out. Of course, they do go downstream, but there's a whole bunch of them up there by the dam, you know, and it just kept it kept coming into my head like you purposely have to achieve and go after the joy because you cannot rejoice in the Lord always. Last Sunday, we had illustrated to us Right back in this spot, which we're, we're considering having serious prayer over that spot. Uh, George broke his, his violin, was broken back there on this spot last year. And then a 1881 cello. That's pretty old. Fell on the ground. It was an accident. Fell on the ground. And the bow broke. And I missed that. But that bow is priceless. We've already checked it out. I mean, it's priceless. It's 1881. It came with the cello. And the reason the woman was weeping and had to leave the room, Christina, is because she has 30 years of memory attached to that bow on that cello. And so we ministered to her in the other room. That happened two minutes before the service started. How'd you like to go into a service with that? (laughs) woo Come on, Christina, let's go worship. I mean, it was not the moment to say that. But she did. She did. She came out of there broken. came here and was worshiping in the second row and I saw her over there and it just something happened you know what happened last Sunday we didn't we didn't have it live stream but there was a it started this prophetic parable Uh, Jerry was supposed to speak he didn't get a chance to speak Um, uh, but it started this prophetic parable of brokenness from our past and the restoration, there was also a minister here who was very, him and his wife were very broken in a broken situation, we called them up, we walked them through an activation, you all helped me with that, and we were all kind of, you know, just doing, I mean, we were in the river, we're floating downstream, cool breezes were coming in all over the place, you know. And so all I'm trying to do is navigate and figure out where do we need to be? What do we need to do? What needs to be said? And God kind of pulled this thing together in both of their lives. They had a brokenness because of a church. She had a brokenness because of her cello and hundreds of other people in this room had experienced brokenness and I felt it was a corporate healing going on as God was restoring our joy, knowing how to step into a difficult circumstance and be a thermostat that says, you know what? This feels very painful right now, but I'm gonna change the atmosphere by where I row. I'm gonna row to the spot where I can feel the breeze of the Holy Spirit upon my life. There is an effort in finding God sometimes. Sometimes you need to make a shift. Sometimes you need to change in some way. Sometimes it's not about your geography. It's not even about where you are or where you work or who you're married to. Sometimes it's about an internal thing going on inside of you that needs to be introduced into the joy of the Lord. The Bible says many things about this, of course, and I I love all the various uh, things that I, I mean, here's a great one. I'll give you James 1. James 1 says this, consider it pure joy. (laughs) Consider it pure joy when you encounter trials. What? I mean, this is like otherworldly. It should say, if we're going to be honest, it should say get ready because a trial is coming gird yourself up, put all your walls up, all your defenses up, get ready, read the Word of God, be strong, be ready. And it says this, no, 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 consider it pure joy when, in, when encounter trials of many kinds. Like every trial that comes, you should go, Hoo-hoo. a trial, sweetheart. I've been praying for one. Things have been going so well lately. I feel we need a good trial. Anyone ever pray that? <laughs> you're better than I am. When a trial comes, my first thought is, oh no. Lord, where were you in this situation? And all of heaven's like, why? You prayed for this. When you were speaking in tongues last Sunday morning. You speak to God, no one knows what you're saying except God. So he came to us and said, he needs a trial, it brings joy. Evidently, he hasn't been following my life. Trials have not brought me joy all the time, you know. But in Scripture, it says, "Consider it all joy." In other words, there—this is a thermostat moment. Sunday morning, we were given a corporate thermostat moment, and by the way, you responded really well, and I did too, because I wasn't feeling it either. I thought, you know, my thought is, "Oh my gosh, what a horrible thing!" And you know, I, what does that even cost? And you know, I, we should have to share some response. I mean, all this is going through my head, you know, in a minute. And then, and and but the weird thing is, when I talked to her in there, of course she's weeping. Her husband, you know, they're just upset about it. They they just they delayed their vacation to come over here because we were doing two special songs that we were recording for you know an album uh, that's going to be coming out. And so, you know, we had that all planned out and everything. And then the bow breaks. And we can get all kinds of prophetic understanding about what that is. Trust me, I've got a, a lot of it this week. But the bow breaking was a disaster. But in it, I felt something bubbling up within me that was kind of uh, awkwardly joyful. And I didn't understand it. Obviously, I couldn't express it right here because it would seem disrespectful to somebody who's lost something that's so dear to them. But I could feel it bubbling up. I had the feeling that's always there. I had the feeling the Holy Spirit is wanting to enter into our trials and bring joy, knowing that trials are going to work for your benefit. And it says such in Scripture, it says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I mean, the Lord's given me key things through the years, but I remember back the first guest speaker we had. I've been reminiscing a lot here. I'm going to go just a few more minutes. I'm running late. The uh, Reminiscing back to the beginning because we're hitting our 25th anniversary as a church this uh, September, Uh, Friday the 13th, actually, was the day we started. (laughs) I always liked that. And I didn't realize it was Rosh Hashanah. So on the day where everyone's like, oh, Friday the 13th, you know, it's cursed, blah, blah. It's like, no, we're starting our church on that day. And then later I I found out it was Rosh Hashanah. And we actually had an evening service. We started at the setting, setting of the sun at Rosh Hashanah, not knowing a new year was starting in our life, you know. And so I took that. It was all by accident, so to speak serendipitous the holy spirit marked us from the beginning that we would plant and declare the favor of the new year of the lord we would not be those who would declare judgment we'd be those who declare the favor of the lord and so it marked me for many years up until this day but our first guest speaker came in in october Uh, unfortunately because of my schedule at that time i had i negotiated when we started the church that i'd be gone 25 percent of the year because we were going all over the world, worldwide revival stuff. Uh, during, so I started taking people with me from here and everything else. So I had to go to Australia. Uh, it was my first trip to Australia, I made eight of them. First trip to Australia uh, in the uh, fall of 96 and we brought a guest speaker in named James Gall. I don't know if any of you know him. Uh, Jim is a, is a wild sort. I don't know how to describe him really, but. He came in. He's very well known. He's one of the so-called Kansas City prophets from the late 80s and 90s. A prophetic guy, but you never know what you're going to get. And so when I got back, this is prior to, I didn't have a cell phone then, so I had to just trust things were going back home. I got back. Everyone said, did you hear about the services? Like, that's, that could be really good, or that could be really bad. And I said, what happened? He said, I don't know, but I don't think a lot of people are going to be coming back. I'm in a two months of a church plant. Like the thing you don't want to do is scare people away, you know. And so sure enough, I start everyone's coming to me. Everyone's saying, Whoa, did you hear about that? You ever I said, I'm getting the feel for it. And they said, he got up there and he just started laughing. The Holy Spirit came on him and he laughed for like an hour. <laughs> and it was like, oh oh oh, 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 oh. You were there, weren't you, Cindy? <laughs> she's there like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I bet we lost 100 people over that, because joy is not always welcome in the church, especially if it's crazy joy, even what I did today is offensive to a lot of people, I don't like how he did that, and just kind of, you know, brought the crowd up front, why'd they do that, and where, I didn't see any rivers, and what's, what's going on there, you know, and do you know the Bible says there is a river that makes glad the people of God? I'm going to that river. There's some good trout in that river. I'm going to that river. Happy trout. <laughs> I'm going to that river. Why? Because it makes glad the people of God. When you come on Sunday, you, you are entering in, hopefully, to a thermostat-controlled environment. And what, what that thermostat is, is more Holy Spirit. Turn it up. Turn up the Holy Spirit. You say, you can't turn up the Holy Spirit. Well, you can by your invitation, by your heart. You open up a place that he builds a throne in our praises. I mean, I, I wish I could get into a whole month of this. I probably will by the end of the year. But when you lift your hands, it's just like, okay, well, everyone else is going to lift my hands, all right. I don't want them to think I'm not spiritual, so, you know, okay. I even put a smile on my face. Uh, uh-huh, uh. No, when you lift your hands, everything's about faith. So this is dead religion. This is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's different on what's going on in your heart. But when you lift your hands, they're weapons of warfare. You were destroyed. You're going to go, how's ah, that work? That's not in the Bible. It is in the Bible, actually. Every movement of your body in worship has power dancing upon injustice. I mean, if we want to conquer the stuff in America right now, we need to do more dancing. I've been calling for it for four years. Fine dance songs. I want it to feel like a 1977 disco in that place on Sunday morning. So we're looking. Here's the point, though. I had three points, but obviously I'm not going to get to them. Number one. Write, it, write this down. It'd make me feel better if you write it down. Write it down. It says, you gotta, you gotta make the great exchange and choose joy. So in other words, you gotta choose joy. You gotta decide that when you do something, and it comes to, it's interesting when the fruit of the Spirit, now you understand, sometimes we get so systematic in what we know, we forget what it's about. Like the fruit of the Spirit you go, I know, it's love, joy, peace. You go right through it. I know all night. I know the gifts of the Spirit too. Okay, that's great. Check, like that. But do you understand that, that this is a rolling out of a lifestyle of the Spirit? These are not little things. Well, I'm praying for more self-discipline. I'm praying for, I want that. And so we're not picking and choosing these things. This is a natural flow of the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Right before that, it gives you fruit of the flesh. There's 17 of those figures. Nine gifts of the Spirit, or fruits of the Spirit. 17 fruits of the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit that comes out of a spirit life. And you know what number one is? Love. Love. Love becomes the energizing power, which I think I'm going to share next week. Love becomes the energizing power that drives everything else. You know what's second? Joy. And do you know these are typically listed in understanding of New Testament culture in priority prioritizing of what is, what is most important? Love is always first. Love. Love never fails. Love is from God. I mean, it is the most powerful force. It will change everything. Love never fails. So you got love and then you have joy. Joy follows right after that. Because you get love, you get joy. Peace follows after that. So there's, when you get love, you get the joy, you get the peace. You get the love, you get the joy, you get the peace. You get the love, you get the joy, you get the peace. Let's sing that for a minute. You get the love, you get the joy, you get the peace, Right? You get the love you get the joy you get the peace it comes love comes into your life God is love joy is going to come out of it we are resurrecting I thought of that James Gall service and it did kind of mess with our church for a while did you agree with what he did <laughs> I hope you're not here whoever said that <laughs> it's been 25 years so probably not did you agree with what he did oh, well tell me what he did What well, just all that <laughs> stuff and I said so you don't think that was God I wouldn't say that I don't know but it was just like him laughing when do you get to the word of God I saw Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness his anointing was gladness children loved him I don't think they like you but children love <laughs> I didn't say that thought it didn't say it and i thought now i was young enough and stupid enough i was 38 <laughs> i was young enough where i said you know what i'm sorry it's where we're going it's really what i want i want a church that's full of joyful people i want a church that's full of the love of god these are the things i want it's the fruit of the spirit yeah but it didn't i i, I don't know i wasn't here my wife said it, it was it was a wild night I said but that's what we do We do wild nights. We call them encounter nights now. We believe that God's gonna move in a powerful way and he does and we don't like what he does sometimes but it's still God. Is there flesh in there? There's flesh in everything. There's flesh in going to get ice cream after the service. (laughs) You know. So God's calling us to be a a people that are float. Let's all stand together. There's more on this somehow. I'll figure out how to get it to you but we reposition ourselves. In the 1970s, we were kind of good at this as a culture. So many joy songs came out. I'd love to talk about that someday, maybe a couple weeks or next week, I don't know. But right now, all I'm really concerned about is that we, with intention, embrace joy. Don't just be a thermometer. That's good. You can tell us the temperature. Become a thermostat. Go in and bring the joy of the lord we used to sing this in the 1970s you shall go out with joy be led forth with peace the mountains and the hills will break forth before you there'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap will clap their hands all the trees of the fields will clap their hands a bunch of old people joining in with me that was a worship song in the 70s. It's like, well, are that? I'm so glad we're, we've got a hill song now in Mav City. I don't, what was that? I don't know, but I just felt the Holy Spirit on <laughs> it. Yeah, it's scripture. That's what it is. It's pure scripture. That's how I know most of my scripture. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace, and the mountains and the hills will break forth. What is that? That's thermostat. You go out and everything's impacted. The trees of the fields will clap their hands. I mean, have you ever been in nature feeling like you were affecting nature? I have. It's stunning. I've talked to birds. He so said, I know you're worried about it now. That's the kind of church we go to. A Franciscan church that talks to the animals. Jesus, let your Holy Spirit come. Jay, where are you? Come rescue me, man. Before I say too much, Jesus, just close your eyes. Before the Lord, there's power in that. Focus upon Jesus. We're running a little bit late, but the burgers will wait. Don't worry. Jay's gonna minister just for a minute, and then we're gonna go out and eat or whatever. And happy Independence Day, by the way. And I just pray that this is the beginning of a fresh renaissance of freedom for the nation of America. A breakout time. There'll be flags and there'll be, there'll be COVID rising, falling, rising, falling, rising, falling, rising. But his mouth will eventually be shut up and the voice of the Lord will come forth and his wind will blow across this nation. And a mighty revival is gonna sweep across this country. And everything we do in this church is beyond the day-to-day operations. Everything we do is to prepare for that moment. Worst case scenario, I die before it happens. Really? Is that a worst case scenario? But God wants to move upon this generation with massive force of his love and of his joy, unspeakable and full.